Welcome to the Nighthawk. This is volume 41, March 28th, 2023. I'm your host, Josh Urban, for America's Social Bulletin. We're connecting us through writing and, in this case, podcasting. If you'd like to check out the written version of this, joshurban.substack.com. And now, let's get into it. I was a little late in recording this this morning because I was out feeding the new bees. And that's the breaking story. Two bees in my bonnet. Richard, a little help? Got another bee in my bonnet. The adventure kicked off when the unexpected email and then a call. Hello, Jane. I'm a beekeeper. I hear you've got a swarm. In a tree? 15 feet? Can I get to it? Fine, fine. Be there in a half hour. Oh, man, it's swarm season. And this is when a colony of bees raises a new queen. And before she hatches, half the workers fly out with their old queen in search of a new home. They'll settle on a branch along the way, and we have a photo of this too. I've never captured 5,000 bees before. I used to be scared of them, and they don't speak English. So after suiting up and securing the ladder, I climbed up face-to-face with a basketball-sized cluster of bees. Hmm. Scoop, plop, down the ladder with a buzzing box. Back with the bucket. Scoop, four trips in total. They rallied around Her Majesty and gathered in the box. Two got inside my face screen, but Richard got him out. I put the box in a trash can, taped the whole thing up, and drove back to the bee yard. Now they're happy in a new hive with a mountain view. Happy birthday weightlifting contests. A 40-year-old Brit, Edward Lawrence, made sports history by winning the first international weightlifting contest this day in 1891. Our reader spotlight for this week is Ruth G., She loves to write poetry and funny stories, starring her neighbors. She lives in Richmond, Virginia. The book of the week, speaking of comedy, The Notorious Jumping Frog of Calaveras County by Mark Twain. One of the funniest, most relatable short stories ever penned. A perfect break from the usual news, in my opinion. And our photo is of the swarm. The caption reads, Road trip! The swarm of bees nestles under a branch on their way to a new home. Josh came along and scooped them up and brought them back to the bee yard. No stings, no ladder falls, all wins. And what it looks like, it's a double trunk of a white oak tree, maybe about 10 inches in diameter. And then there's a branch coming out, and under that branch is this mass of honeybees. There's probably about 5,000 of them there, by my estimation. Something like that. Uh, they were They were just so awesome. Down the rabbit hole. Why is the sky blue is a classic, fascinating question. For this week's suggested dive into the land of research, bonus points for emphasis on the second syllable, research, check out Rayleigh Scattering for the answer. While you're at it, how old is sunlight? And now, ladies and gentlemen, letters from Josh number 127. Howdy, folks. In last week's installment, Dr. Electro steps up to investigate the strange explosion from the house next door. Preacher lends a hand while Charlotte, shaking her head, brings her cowgirl Buckle Bunny gang along with their revolvers. Preacher jimmies the front door. A sinister voice floats down a dark staircase to greet them. Dr. Electro, is it really you? This is the return of Dr. Electro number 21, Tempest to Fugit. Electro froze. That voice. Somewhere from the past. He 
strained, listening. Beads of sweat formed on his brow. The darkness in the foyer was stuffy. An unseen clock tick-tocked, slowly, leisurely, as if to chuckle at the drama unfolding. Silly humans always rushing. Preacher stirred. I don't know, man. He, he knows you? Silence. Tick-tock. Charlotte coughed, reproachfully at Electro thought. Talk about pressure. A beautiful woman watching, friends outside, voices in the dark, the clock. He stepped forward. Hello? Silence. A mouse scuttled into a dormant fireplace, cold and sad. Their breaths mingled with the clock's voice as they huddled together, eyes negotiating with the dark and losing. A few more steps. Someone struck a match. The clock sprang up in the flare, suddenly illuminated illusion. Immobile. It was a fine old grandfather, coated with the dust of many lonely summers and forgotten Christmases. Preacher's breath caught. Who winds it? Electra leaned forward, striking another match. It says, Tempest to Fugit on the plate. Tempest Fugit, Latin for time flies, elaborated Preacher. Common on clocks. No, Tempest to Fugit, Electra paused. Time to fly? Charlotte's yell was only half heard over the thundering, creaking, groaning, grinding crash of the floor opening beneath them. Electro could hear his, though. Bring it down, an octave man. They tumbled and rumbled and tossed about down a great system of chutes, slamming into the sides, turning the metallic walls into colossal gongs of war. Never thought I'd be a drumstick. After even Gene Krupa would have seated the spotlight, the racket finally came to an end. The gang came to rest on top of a giant table, their fall partially broken by an enormous pile of books, papers, and scrolls strewn about. A quiet, gray-haired man, bearded, bespectacled, and bewildered, looked up from a musty volume at the far end. Electro gasped, Dad? To be continued next week. And that's our show for today, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Be well, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks for listening.